beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. Okay. Welcome, friends, or not friends, as the case may be. <laughs> Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. What you are about to listen to is one of my favorite episodes with some of my very favorite people. Women who I sort of infamously claimed on this podcast back in 2019 that they were not my friends. Now, what I meant by that is that we are colleagues And you'll hear us dissect in this conversation whether or not we've become more than just coworkers, but actual friends. Jamie Golden, Brie McCoy, and Kendra Adachi are three of the smartest people I know. And I call them colleagues in this sense because we are all making our livings on the internet. We are all doing a particular sort of internet work, podcasts, courses, social media, that most of our friends and family do not understand. And so a little over four years ago, we came together to form a mastermind, basically a business group that meets every month and talks every single week about the highs and lows of our jobs. You would not be listening to this show without these women in my life. I wouldn't have written two books without these women in my life. They are that important to my career trajectory over the last four years, and they are even more important to my life. In my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, Jamie, Bree, and Kendra collectively occupy the business bestie seat on the Life Council because they are, without any doubt, my business besties. 
In the Life Council, I define business bestie as someone who spends their days the same way you do. You do not have to have your own business to have a business bestie. It's a coworker, basically, of any type, someone who understands the ins and outs of your job. And if you don't work in a traditional job, it's someone who gets the struggles and joys of that, a fellow stay-at-home mom, for example. This episode with Jamie, Bree, and Kendra is part of my pre-order bonus for The Life Council called The Secret Tapes, a private podcast series I created only for those who pre-order The Life Council before it launches on April 4th. I recorded 10 conversations with people that I write about in the book, and there are so many angles to friendship presented in The Secret Tapes. These are not just chats with my friends. These are stories we've never told fractures we've never discussed, and things revealed about friendship that I never saw coming. If you want to listen to all of the secret tapes, including the full conversation with Jamie, Bree, and Kendra, you have to pre-order my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. You can pre-order it in any format, hardcover, paperback, ebook, or audiobook, from any retailer. You take your order confirmation number to thelifecouncilbookbonuses.com and fill out the form. Within 24 hours, you'll get an email with all the pre-order bonuses, including how to listen to full episodes of The Secret Tapes, including this one. And now to the conversation with the smartest people in any room, my mastermind and business besties, Jamie Golden, Bree McCoy, and Kendra Adachi. We're live! We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. We have our power lips. Everybody's got their power <laughs> lips on. <laughs> Well, you did say put lipstick on. Yeah, you did. You did. I mean, it was part of my email directive when I was like, here's what we're going to talk about. Also, wear lipstick. <laughs> I know. And I think my Cupid's bow is shrinking. And so I'm looking a little like wonky, but it's fine. No, you look great. You do look great. You do. And also, I feel like it is a strength of our partnership here in this group that I can just be unashamedly bossy. And y'all are like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Lipstick. Got it. I would feel weird if you weren't bossy. Okay. Welcome, friends, or not friends, as the case may be. (laughs) No, we're on the live council. I feel like automatically that means it counts as friends. I mean, if you go by the subtitle to the book, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, and that I wrote about y'all in a chapter, I guess – That answers the question. (laughs) I guess you have no choice but to call us friends. (laughs) When we got there. It was a loophole in the fine print is how we got there. Okay. Let's start by just introducing ourselves for the listeners and to get a little bit acquainted. And also because I want to hear your personal answers to this first starter question. So I want you to tell us who you are the work that you do in this world. And then I want you to give just a brief summary of kind of the state of your friendships right now. I know that's a big question, but I just mean sort of give us like a little synopsis of how you feel about friendships in 2023. So let's start with Bree. Welcome. Hi, so happy to be here. My name is Bree McCoy. I am a food blogger and an author, and I also create masterclasses that teach people how to cook. And I would say my friendship status right now in 2023 is, hi, I'm new here because I am literally new. We just moved to St. Louis. We know zero people. 
Except, well, actually, we do, we do have friends now. We do have friends. And that is because we went to a wine bar local to us. And I told the girl that was sitting next to me to give me her number because I needed friends. And she did. <laughs> and we have hung out now three times. Oh, we just got invited to their wedding. No way. What? So what I'm saying here is I'm not saying you have to hustle down phone numbers, but maybe. <laughs> exactly. Maybe you need to get aggressive. Brie, that is such a good success story for how to make friends. Like that's like bold and and look at the outcome. Here you are now, wedding guests. This is actually the second time, by the way, this has happened. It happened in Hermosa also when we moved there. We got invited to the first friends we met, their wedding within two weeks of hanging out with them. So you just got to dive right in. And like you say, Laura, like go first. Like something Jeremy and I have learned is that we can't wait for our neighbors to come introduce themselves. We can't wait for people to notice that we're new. We are just like, we're here. We're going first. Oh my God. That's amazing. I love that story. Kendra, please tell us who you are and the general state of your friendships. (laughs) It's the best opening question. What is the general state of your friendships? So my name is Kendra Adachi. I'm known on the internet as the lazy genius. I'm an author and a podcaster, and I've lived in the same place my whole life. So my friendship state is, it seems like I would have a lot of childhood best friends or people that I've known for a really long time. But honestly, my closest friends I have met all in the last decade. I don't really keep up with a lot of people that I knew earlier than my thirties, really. And I'm okay with that. Uh, A lot of people who were around like have moved away, but I would say my friends right now, like friendship is such a valuable integral part to my life. I think that's one of the reasons why I could not do what Brie does. I could not move a lot because starting over with friendships would be like the worst thing for me because the longevity of friendship is what makes it, I don't want to say makes it valuable, but like that really matters to me that I have friends for a really long time and I want to be there for people for a really long time. So I I feel a, a bit of an embarrassment of riches with a lot of my friendships right now because I have a lot of really beautiful friends and uh, who want to do things and who are in life stages where we can, you know, I'm like going out to dinner with some friends tonight. I'm getting drinks with another group of friends next weekend. So I I really do very much love, love my friendships, but I benefit from being in one place for a long time. Well, you say that about not being as bold as Brie is, but... I happen to remember how you made friends with Jamie, and it was very bold. It was. It's true. I think it's more I'm not against being bold because I am a pretty bold person. It's more that I really love the friendships I have now, and I honestly barely have enough time to give them the time that I want to, that I deeply want to. Mm -hmm. And so the thought of adding more friends, like if I moved, I would still want to invest in the people that I know now. And so if I moved, I would feel spread too thin. I'm not a good spread too thin friend. I really want to be there for you. I'm not an acquaintance friend for the most part. And so I I think that's, yeah, it's not really about boldness, I guess. I hadn't really thought about that before because you're right. I am bold. I did pitch Jamie my friendship over email. Can you just tell us that story quickly? Because it is, it is so golden, pun intended. 
<laughs> well, Jamie, I'll pass it off to Jamie in a second. I was listening. I listened to the podcast. I was really mad at the people in my life who had listened to it and didn't tell me it existed. Because when I started listening, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And the more that I heard the show, I was like, this chick, Jamie, I'm obsessed with her. And also, I think she would be obsessed with me if we ever got the chance to be friends. And so I decided to email her and just make a case for being a good friend to her. And I don't remember what I said in that email, but you, Jamie, are a digital hoarder. And so I know that you still have the email. You might remember. Oh, yeah. I'll post it. I'll post it on social when uh, Laura's book comes out. I'll post it so you can see what she did. And listen, it was bold. And no one has really ever done that. And now I feel like if you tried it, I'd be like, we've done that. Like, you got to be different, you know. Uh, But when she sent that, I was like, I do like her. And then I like figured out more about her life and how she loved pop culture and how she was a little bit snarky. And that's my sweet spot for friends. And she's really funny. And, and she has, listen, to be honest, she has been a great friend to me, like one of the best. And so it worked and it has, it has thrived, thrived. It has. Thrived. We're thriving. We're thriving. <laughs> I've always loved that story that you sent Jamie an email that was essentially like, let's be friends. And here's my PowerPoint presentation for why. <laughs> I mean, I think I I included pictures. There were pictures and bullet points, like point number one. Yes, because I had I had hosted a lost finale party and had made airplane sugar cookies and I decorated them like the oceanic plane from Lost and I broke the cookies in half, which I thought was brilliant because the plane crashed in half. Yes. And I sent her a picture of those cookies to be like, see, look, I'm really good at this. Like, I really like pop culture too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There are so many things I love about the story. I've always loved about this story. But probably my favorite angle to this is not that you were like, I love you. I listen to your show. I think you're so funny. I mean, I'm sure you said variations of that. But I have a lot of people I follow on the internet or listen to that I'm like, oh, my gosh, you are amazing. My favorite angle is that Kendra was like, you would love me. I mean, (laughs) And you need me in your life. I really thought she would. I, you know, I really did. I really thought she would. I thought, I think we would have a great time together. I feel like this could be a lifelong friendship. And I mean, and it has so far. Like, it has been. We have, I can't imagine, we will be friends forever. We will be friends forever. So it's like one 100%. of the most important emails I've ever sent in my entire life. And I'm really bad at email. So that just shows how there were higher powers at work for sure. All jokes aside, that is like truly amazing. I hope that that inspires people to like reach out. Like, I think that that's like such an amazing story. And I'm glad that you told it. I look forward to all the, I look forward to all the PowerPoint presentations you're going to get, Laura. (laughs) I look forward to that. It's true. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. (laughs) She got nervous, didn't she? She got nervous. She's like, oh, oh, we got to cut that. She can't make it. Jamie, I want you to introduce yourself and also tell us about what friendships like feel like in your life at this moment. So I'm Jamie Golden. I am a podcaster. I host a podcast called The Popcast, which is all about pop culture. And then I have a podcast called The Bible Binge, which is uh, real sacrilege. So be clear. <laughs> um, for me, friendships are like, it's been an interesting, particularly in my 40s. My groups of friends, I'm very social. I made friends with someone on an airplane because we shared a People magazine and I was in her wedding. And so (laughs) 
That sounds right. My coworker and one of my closest friends is Erin Moon. And we found each other on Twitter. She DM'd me and was like, I think we should be friends in real life. You want to meet me for coffee? And I was like, yes. And now we are same thing, friends forever. So my core friends, it's been an interesting season because every one of them is uh, imploding as a person, their families, <laughs> their lives, their work, everything. And I am a feel good, good time friend. You want to have a good time? We're going to have a great time. But it's been a growing process in this season where friends are really going through wildly tough things and knowing and learning and having to really develop new muscles around how to be a friend of them. Because when someone is imploding, they don't always want to be like, Shall we have a cocktail? <laughs> sometimes they do. And sometimes that's functional. But a lot of times people just are like, I just need to talk about the sad thing. And I have to kind of brace myself and go, uh-huh, I want to hear all the details. <laughs> ah. You know, and so that's been, that's the season I'm in. It's a great season because I am seeing how committed those women are to me as well and are not afraid of me being kind of not an expert at that and then being really patient with me as I try to love them well. Okay. That is actually super interesting because I think that is an important element to friendship of when you're young or if you're a certain personality type, like it's fun and friendship is supposed to be fun. And then everybody hits hard times, like literally everybody, whatever that means for you. And what you need to lean into is friends. And that's like, that's like the work of friendship. And it's rarely glamorous. And it's definitely not fun to have to hold someone up for a long period of time. But like, thank goodness, we have each other to do that. But it's interesting to hear you in particular sort of speak to that as the fun friend, like you're right. <laughs> you're the good time. I mean, that's what I would turn to you for, for lots of reasons. I mean, you know, you have other beautiful qualities too, of course, but like, I get it that that's a, a sticking point or like something that you're noticing in your forties. So that's super interesting. Okay. So we talked about how Kendra met Jamie, but I want to sort of revisit our origin story as a group. The four of us became a mastermind four years ago and sort of the end of 2018, I guess, right? That was when we first started meeting, beginning of 2019. And as we've talked about our relationship, we've shared about our weekend retreats together. Uh, We've done several podcast episodes together, all of us and various combinations of all of us. And so a lot of people have been interested in our formation as an actual group. So I wanted to sort of start there. How did we form? I'll let someone else go because I was, in fact, the last person to come on board. (laughs) It began with me and Jamie. I remember, I remember Jamie, we were just talking over Voxer or something one time and we were joking about a mastermind that one of us had heard about that you had to pay $17,000 to join. And we were both like, oh man, we'd be cheaper than that for each other. You want to, you want to just do that together, me and you? And so I think, what did we do that? Maybe three, three, six months. I don't remember how long, but we would have a very like short. Yeah. Month. Because we, because we were going to be seeing each other in a few months because we were going to be going on a trip together. Yes. Yes. So we did that and it was really great. And also we knew that like a mastermind is, is tough with two people. 
Like, I think that's a, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a lovely thing to be able to have someone to bounce ideas off of, but two people cannot really cover enough bases. And so we sort of, I think we always knew, like, if we like each other, if we can do this, let's grow this. And then we went to London and met Brie. Yeah. How I met Brie was not an email. It was, I'm sharing a toilet with you. And I'm like, you seem fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The three of us were on a floor together and shared a bathroom. Yeah. Yes. That did not lock or did it even have a handle? I don't remember. It didn't have a handle. We had to like put a sock on the door, like a frat, like it was a whole thing. No, no mirror. The only mirror was in the shower at your Pikachu. So we could look at our Pikachus every day. <laughs> While washing your hair. It was so, I took the first shower and I was traumatized. And I came out of the bathroom and I was like, y'all, just a heads up. This is where the mirror is. It was a whole thing. It is traumatizing because you get in and you're like showering and then you turn around and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I've never seen it like that before. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say Laura and I had met previously, like had become friends previously. I think, I think we were friends. Maybe we weren't, but we became friends previously and we had been in a master, a loose mastermind that met monthly as she was a part of sort of awesome podcast. So she was part of that. And then that mastermind disassembled because someone sold their business and they're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And like, my business partner never wanted to come to the meetings because he was like, uh, do we have to talk about every, like, why do we have to meeting? And so when we left that, I also was like, God, I really loved that group. So I would like to replicate that. So when Kendra brought it up, I was like, oh yeah. And like, Laura, <laughs> maybe Laura would want to <laughs> do it because we were in that group together. And Laura was so business savvy and like to think about like ambitious things where not everybody in that mastermind was truly ambitious. Actually, the other people in that mastermind aren't even making online content anymore. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and, yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. 
I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. I'm glad you filled in those blanks, Jamie, because I was going to be like, and then where did I come from? <laughs> because yeah. I was not on that trip. I did not know Kendra or Brie. Jamie and I, of course, had been acquainted, like she there explained. There it is. There it is. <laughs> acquainted. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> To be fair, in the next year, I did go to her house and she let me stay with her family and talk to her children. So I think we moved past that pretty quick. But yeah, we may have only been acquaintances at that time. I'm just a very trusting person. (laughs) You actually weirdly are. The first time we traveled together, met in LA, LAX. Oh, that's right. Took me straight to your cabin. Didn't know me that well. I mean, we had just only met over Zooms. That's right. And I spent the night there. You invited us to your home without really knowing anything about us. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I invited you to the lake house and we had only been meeting three or four months maybe. So I also want to talk about our first meeting together. And I'm going to preface this with saying one of the strengths of our mastermind and of our relationship together has always been that we have stayed pretty structured Like we have a schedule, our meetings have an agenda or like, yeah, an agenda. Like we have a way that we meet and work together and it has always been that way. And I actually really appreciate that about our group, starting with our very first time (laughs) that we met on Zoom. Again, didn't know two of you, really barely knew one of you. And what did I do? I bawled. I bawled my eyes out. I cried. And by the way, if you mention any time we've met, you could say that sentence also. And then I cried. And then I cried. <laughs> and I feel like you said something like, I'm not like this, guys. And then, <laughs> and then you cried every time we've ever and met. And then every time we met, you cried. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. You guys, I am the group crier. I cry on our Zoom meetings. I cry on Foxer. I cry when we're in person. And like, will anyone believe me if I, if I say I actually am not like that? <laughs> I actually think it's true. I actually think you're not like that. that. That what happens is work, it's a reminder that work is very personal yeah. for all of us, for all four of us. And so it, I think we've all cried talking about our work. Oh, and yeah, that totally. can seem silly, but we, we're, our lives are invested, our time, our energy, our resources – it makes sense. It's, I'm surprised more people don't cry about their work, especially work that they own that is forward facing with them. I mean, it's a very tender thing. I mean, work is vulnerable. Everybody's workplace, I mean, can be vulnerable. And the work that we do is especially so. And it is so solo for me. I know this isn't true for everyone, but my work is so solo. 
almost the only time I get to talk about it in depth is with y'all. Mm-hmm. And so when we are face to face and I have, you know, a month's worth or more of emotions and stuff like really built up because one of the things that we always talk about in our meetings are like high points, low points, joys, struggles, like we kind of go through our highs and lows of that month. When those emotions come out and I haven't talked to anyone, not my husband, not, you know, my local mom friends don't know anything about internet work. And so I do sort of like save up all of that stuff for y'all. It's like a really special and unique relationship to me. And it becomes emotional because our work is vulnerable. And yeah. And so it's, that's actually a benefit to this group for me, even though we can joke about the fact that it makes me cry. It actually really is like hugely beneficial to me that you let me cry. Also, y'all don't even bat an eye. When the tears start, I mean, you just, your faces stay the same as <laughs> did before. Like, that's right. That's like, right. Yep. yep. Well, and I will say on that note, I think you all have seen me ugly cry more times than Jeremy has. I am not a crier, but again, in this group, maybe. Yeah. Because when, because it is work is so personal. And I feel like when there is a safety there of knowing, like, uh, if I cried in front of my best friend or in front of Jeremy about the Instagram algorithm, it's not going to hit the same as if I cry (laughs) in front of. We've all cried about the Instagram. We've all cried about it. About like just so many things that I'm like, you all like understand this. You know why I am absolutely falling apart right now. And it feels safe and it feels, you know, just known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not just, it reminded me of a, of a time when maybe we all ugly cried. It's not just about our current work. Because I think if you're like maybe listening to this and are familiar with the work that the four of us do, it's not like we're like curing cancer with our, you know, internet work. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) But one of the things that we talk about is not just our current work, but we talk about like our hopes and our dreams, like what we're trying to work towards, like why we do these things. And are you about to share our, our poorest decision as a group? Is that where you were going? (laughs) Our poorest choice as a group ever? Okay. I actually wasn't, but I, I need you to please oh share gosh. the poorest decision we ever made, which we'll never do again. We'll never do never. it again. And I think that it, it is important to share that sometimes you make choices as a group that you're like, hmm, not a good one. We thought that would end differently. We decided at one of our in-person meetings, I think it was our maybe our second one, that we would all write predictions for each other and put them in an envelope and put our names on them, and then we would open them the next year to see if we if we met them. I'm having PTSD right now <laughs> in this moment. And I, I remember all, I mean, it was kind of like, this feels fun. And then, it, but for a hot second, that's all it took. It wasn't fun for longer than a second. I remember just being like, what does this even mean? Like numbers are so arbitrary. Is this numbers? Is this what? And it also didn't help that, I feel like the year that we met to do this, was it 2020 or 2021? I don't remember, but it was like, it was like loosely, it was in the beginning of the pandemic, I feel like, but we were impacted, like our, everyone's predictions were impacted by the world. And also like, who cares what the predictions were, but we opened them up and everyone was like, yeah, didn't, didn't do that. No, didn't hit that. Like, it was so sad. It was so sad. 
so sad. It's so disappointing to do that because here's an example. This wasn't exactly, you know, what anybody wrote, but like an example, if it was like, what I really want for you is to make it on Oprah or something, you know, like Mm -hmm. that. And then the next year you open it up. And of course we did not make (laughs) it on Oprah. There is nothing but like, wah, wah. (laughs) But I mean, deep, like not even funny. Like, oh God, this is awful. Cringy. It was awful. And I'll, I'll say as a people pleaser and I, I, in the moment, I started changing what y'all wrote. Like I said out loud things that you had not written so that I could achieve one thing. Cause I was like, as I was looking at it, I was like, well, I didn't do that. You know, you said I would be happier in my work. Oh my God. Damn. <laughs> I had already seen the carnage and I was like, I got to get out of here. This is we'll, we'll never do that again. Never do that. And cause it was interesting. Cause I remember writing down predictions for you all. And I'm like, I, I think so much of you all, I want so much for you all. And it was like, well, I do want you all to end up on Oprah, but I want to be realistic. But also what if I lowball them? Then what does that say? <laughs> like, I hope you sell a hundred books. <laughs> wow. Like, that's a, like, I was like, where do I go here? Where's, where, where do I go here? Yeah, it was bad. That's one of our worst decisions we've ever made. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping. Available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Okay, well, that was definitely never to be repeated. But what about our group does work. I think there are actually several important things about our group that work really well. One of them, sort of almost the most obvious one, is that our size matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it always does, doesn't it? <laughs> That's what I mean. Always. I feel like four is the perfect number for a business mastermind like this. You could probably go up to five. I think at six, you start to it starts to be too many people. Yeah. I even think at five, there's a little bit of an imbalance. So a few things that works about the number four is that you have two and two. You can square that up in several different ways. But some of the work that we're doing together when we meet or when we're on Zooms is so deep. You know, we're giving each other an hour each or 
you know, however the meeting is structured, more than four people, it's too exhausting. It's really hard to hold, you know, that many other people's stuff and be able to support them well and cheer them on well and keep track of the different things that they're going through that they're sharing with you. And like, to me, four is a really magical number. And I don't Mm -hmm. know that we like set out with that exactly perfectly in mind, but I, I can't imagine it being more and I can't imagine it being less. Yeah. Yeah. But if it was less, who would you cut? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't answer that. Don't answer that. I know I know who it is. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. It, was, it was kind of intentional. It, it, I don't think we set out to be like four is a perfect number. But I think we noticed that really, really early. Because we made a choice early on. This is it. Like this is, this is a good number. This is such a weird thing to say, but even when we go on our trips, like four is easier to fit in a car. It's easier to get a reservation for four people than for five people. Like even practically when we're together, four is so easy. If you're like, like you said, like pairing off even to go, I want to go do this. The other two can go do this. Like there's just a lot that works really well about having four people. What else do you think works well about our group? Like what do we do well? I think one of the things that's really helpful, and this would be true of any mastermind, having people that you can truly brainstorm, celebrate, lament with, right? Who understand the work really well. But I think specifically about our group is that no one is afraid to push back. I think you can be, it can be really tempting in a group like this to just be cheerleaders for one another. But what has happened is we can be critical of each other, of choices, of thought processes, because we know we have a history that's long enough and a kindness towards each other that's really significant, that we know this isn't personal. This isn't coming from a place of anger. This is coming from a place of really wanting to help refine the work for the person to help them be their best version of their work self. And I I think that's critical if you're ever in a group like this to always be saying up front, hey, you know, this isn't personal. Mm-hmm. The, the work is personal. But me pushing back on your book launch plan or your Instagram strategy, this is not personal. Yeah, that's true. And we have to trust and believe the best of one another. Like I have to believe you when you say it's not personal. I mean, and I do believe you automatically because we have that foundation of relationship that I know that you would never be hurtful on purpose, that you would never (laughs) try to like, I don't know, sabotage the thing that I'm telling you in confidence you know, from a business point of view, like I trust absolutely and a hundred percent all three of you that you will tell me the truth and that you would never try to be hurtful about anything I'm saying about my business or whatever, that you, you are giving wise feedback. And we have to believe that from the beginning, because if you don't, if you start from a place that's anything besides believing the best in one another, you're going to cause damage that I think would be really hard to get over. And so again, when we started the group and didn't know one another, it's sort of amazing to me that we were able to start in this mindset of, all right, we're going to believe that we all have the best of intentions here. We all want the best for one another. We all want to bring our strengths to the table. You know, I have other relationships and other friendships and stuff where things do feel personal or you do get your feelings hurt more easily or you aren't sure someone's motivations or intentions. And in this group, business-wise, that's never 
been a problem for me to sort of separate the personal and the all these work conversations that we have. We have hurt each other. Like, I think that's an, an important distinction. Oh, yeah. It's not that you go into these things and, and, you know, we do want to assume we want to believe the best in each other. And also we have hurt each other. Like there have been lots of, you know, pairings where we have had to apologize. We've had to ask for forgiveness. We've had to actually go to the person and say, I know you didn't mean this, but this was hurtful to me. And I think that's so important. Brie, can I tell the story about the recipe? Yeah. So I feel like this is a really great example. When I was starting to launch the Lazy Genius Kitchen and talk about that project more, I was writing that book. And that book is not a cookbook, right? And I started to use the existence of recipes as uh, almost like a, like a, like a punching bag, like a marketing punching bag of like, Hey, you guys don't need more recipes. Like you just need this book or whatever. And Brie beautifully. See, this is the thing is I think that this is a group that knows how to have conflict. Brie came to me and said, hi, I need you to know that it is really hard. I'm a, I am a recipe creator. I am a food blogger and a recipe developer and my whole job is recipes. And it's really hard when you are saying things that are negative about recipes, because that is my work. And immediately I was like, oh, she's right. Because it's not that I don't even love recipes. It was a marketing hook. It was like, you don't need more recipes, guys. And immediately I contacted my publisher and I contacted my team. And I was like, we will not demonize recipes in this marketing at all. Recipes are off the table. And, and that we have had, all of us have had different exchanges and different conflicts where it develops that trust. We didn't start really with that trust. You earn that trust. You can go in believing the best in each other, but until you your feet are put to the fire and you have to say to someone, you hurt my feelings, and that person responds kindly and hears you and apologizes, and then you make choices that are different to care for each other in the future. Like I feel like we have done that so well that it's almost like we forget that we've had conflict. Like you just said, like, that's never really been an issue. And I'm like, where have you been? How many fights have we all had? You know, (laughs) hold on. I didn't say we haven't had conflict. In fact, Jamie and I recorded a secret tapes interview, just me and Jamie, because I write about her twice (laughs) in the book. What? And that's right. (laughs) In that secret tapes conversation with just between me and Jamie, we also talk about a conflict that we had in which she had to come to me and say I had really hurt her and I had to offer an apology. And it was a sticky situation. We talked about that at length in that other conversation. So I wasn't saying that we have never had conflict. I was saying, from my point of view, we have always believed the best in one another. In every conflict resolution that has happened in this group, at least from my point of view, it has started with, I don't think you meant to do this, but I have to tell you that this did hurt me because we were starting from a, I don't think your intention was ever to hurt me. I'm letting you know that it did, but that's still starting from a place of believing the best of you. Otherwise you come and you're like, you are a jerk and you did this to me. Yeah. Well, and as an example of that, there was something that happened in the last year, like in a Voxer and I got my feelings hurt really by the three of you. And what it was, was I had said something and then immediately I was like excited. And then 15 minutes went by and we no one acknowledged it and everybody went on to the next thing. And I was like bummed. I was like, I don't have many, I don't have like book deals and 
you know, I don't get in Target or whatever. But what I went to in my mind, the reason I never brought it up is because I went, that's not them. I know them. Like they're not not celebrating with me. It was just this thing was timely and it had to come up and it had to be talked about. And it's okay. And so truly, it's not that I've nursed that. I'm like, I'm so glad I get to bring that up now in the secret tapes. But it was... (laughs) But it's an example of that, of like, not everything, we probably, we have probably all had our feelings hurt by each other where we didn't bring it up because we were like, yeah, but I know her. I know her intent. I know that she cares about my work and, you know, and if I did say she would, of course, acknowledge it. So that I think goes to that too, is that you can sometimes have conflict and you can go, I don't have to camp out here because it's not, it's not as serious as it felt. Yeah. I think one of the things that help us believe the best in each other or to be able to move on and be like, that's not them. Or like, they didn't mean that is that our work is different. And I think, and we've talked about this before, but I am curious if when I'm getting advice from you all and you all say something like that is a bad idea or like, do not do that. Or that is not your path. I trust it. And I don't, there's never this underlying feeling of like, are they secretly trying to sabotage me or are they not like, are they secretly like going to take that idea? Or whereas I'm curious if I would feel that way if I was in a mastermind with all food bloggers, where we are all doing the same thing. We're all we're all writing cookbooks. We're all doing recipe videos. We're all like, I wonder if I got advice from them if I truly would feel like they had the best in mind for me, or if they were kind of like, well, I was going to do that. Oh, I would never trust those people. <laughs> if these were all pop culture podcasters. I would try to sabotage them 24-7. Like, I'd be like, now I have the inside scoop. And because I do think when you're, if you're thinking about a business bestie group, I actually think you should be really intentional about not doing work. Because no matter how great a person you are, as opposed to me, eventually there will be resentment. They will have a success that you wish that you had had. Whereas when y'all have successes, I'm like, well, that's not even a success I could have. Or if it is, it's like, oh, well, I can learn from her and know how to maybe replicate that in my own work in a different way. Yeah. I agree that it would really be hard if we were all in the exact same, like doing the exact same work or or very similar work. But there is still like sort of professional jealousies or whatever here. It's just different because – in some cases, like, yeah, it's not, that's not even my path. I'm never going to do X, Y, or Z because I'm not even doing that type of thing. But in some ways, I mean, like, I remember when Kendra, like, first hit 100,000 followers on Instagram, or maybe it was when she got the blue check, or maybe those were around the same time. I don't remember. No, I was the one that was hurt by the blue check. I was devastated. Because she was like, oh, my God, guys, I didn't even know. I got a blue check. That's not what Kendra. I got a blue check. And I was like, oh, I've been submitting my driver's license every month for 37 months. And I can't get a blue check. <laughs> and, and then immediately she was like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't even know how this worked. I was like, oh, yeah. like I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I was just, I was. I was just celebrating. Like, look what happened. I applied because I applied one time and I got it. Yeah, not 37 months in a row. No, no, not at all. But what were you saying, Laura? Yeah, yeah, there's professional jealousies, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like itches come up or like sort of like, ugh, I wish that were me or I'm like really working so hard at this thing that seems to be coming easier to her or whatever, like all of those different things. But that 
is true in regular friendships too, right? Like people get yeah. things in life, in their personal life or whatever, that it feels like an itch. You're you're bumping up against whatever that is. And so speaking of regular relationships, <laughs> here is the big question. Here is the question for the ages. Are we or are we not friends? Why would you ask <laughs> such a question? Where does that come from? We're aware. Does that origin story? That moment is still imprinted like on my body, sitting on the floor around a microphone in front of your couch at your lake house. Okay, somebody tell the story. Yeah, context. We are in her home. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, we're in your home recording an episode for your show. And you said, well, we're not really friends. And all of us were just like, I'm sorry, what's happening? (laughs) We immediately agreed in our mental, like we looked at each other and we're like, did you you know? know? Did you know? What are we doing? (laughs) And we've actually never let her live that down. Never. Never let her live that down. Yeah. Here's the thing, because I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about that a lot and why, why that was so impactful in the moment when we began, and this would be my piece of advice, and this is the like this is one of the things I think that works. When you begin, if you're beginning a mastermind from scratch, I think it's incredibly valuable to not start it with existing friends. Like Jamie and I were new, new friends, but I would say eighty percent of what we talked about was still work. We met Bree on a trip that was for internet creators. You know, like so much of what our existing friendship was, was already work, but it was such a, it was such a tiny early baby tender friendship. I think starting a mastermind with someone that you have known for a really long time, it creates challenges. So I think that's the difference is maybe we didn't really start out. We didn't start out as friends. Now that has shifted, you know, I think we are now friends, but I would say that we didn't as a group start out that way, but we never named when the change happened, you know, when we transitioned into, oh no, we're actually friends now. Well, and I think that's good because it names like, what was the intent? The intent with us was never to be friends or like besties. So if you can look back and be like, what was the intent of coming together with these people? Some people you are like, I am going to this person's wedding I just met because I wanted to be my friend. That is the intent. And we were coming together with the intent of not being so lonely in our work, for accountability, strategy, all of that. Okay. I have defended this to the death, but I still sort of stand by Uh-oh, my assessment. We're still not friends. Uh-oh. Knew it was coming. <laughs> Holy Doesn't matter that we're a chapter in the book. Uh, no, you can't say this because now I'm just going to hold up the book. Every time you say it, I'm going to be like, oh, you mean, but what about this author? This author seems to think that we would be friends and it's you. Let me finish my thought. My thought was and is in some ways that we are not friends in the same way some of my other relationships are. And here's what I mean by that. First of all, when I talk about business besties in the book and on my show or anything, I'm wanting to give people permission to have that, you know, work bestie or work wife or whatever that really lives at work and doesn't have to be integrated into their whole life. They don't have to be invited to your wedding or whatever. They can be 
your best work friend because you spend eight hours a day with them in the cubicle next door and, and it can just stay there. So that's one of the reasons I talk about it like that. I also talk about it in terms of in our group, for me in the beginning, the first couple of years even, even when we were getting together in person and everything, it was very helpful for me to have a place where I could only be one slice of myself, where I didn't have to like be a whole person. You know, I didn't have to come in and like talk about my feelings. Okay, I did always talk about my feelings, but I didn't have to talk about my kids or my extended family or my, you know, emotional, spiritual life. Like I didn't have to bring any of those things to the table that you bring in a traditional friendship as you're getting to know someone or whatever. I could only talk about work. And for me in the beginning, this was a relief. I didn't want to bring my whole self to the table. I really wanted to talk about social media strategy. (laughs) Like I needed this place to only have it be that. Now, clearly we talk multiple times a week now for four years. The personal bleeds into the business clearly. Like we, we are friends, of course, at this point, but there's still stuff that comes up. I feel like all the time that one of us drops in the conversation about their personal life that we're all like, what? Like that we just didn't even know was going on with them because that's not what we are bringing to our primary conversations together. Now, because we've talked about trust and all of that kind of thing, if I was having a family emergency or a a real personal thing, I would tell y'all. In fact, if I needed help, you're one of the first three people that I would call if I needed something because you're so like trustworthy and, you know, I know believes the best for me. But it's so different. It still like resides in a different neighborhood in my heart of like local mom friends or childhood friends or whatever, like like the book that I wrote, it resides in this business bestie category. The key word for me in our relationship is bestie. I mean, that's still a title of honor, if you will. I mean, y'all are my business best friends. Well, we've got it. We nailed it. We got it to say it. You know, the comedy of this, and you can cut this, but the comedy of this is that in our secret tape, she was so shocked that I would call this person that we both know that I said we weren't friends. And she was like, that's illogical. And I was like, (laughs) I don't trust her. I don't invest in her. Why would I call her a friend? And you were like, that is so chaotic. And the whole time I was thinking, I can't wait till we have that business bestie episode where I can be like, why don't you call us friends? Like, you know, but I think it's because friends, for, I think particularly for women, we're just like, if we say somebody's a friend, we just were like, oh, like your best friend. No, no, that's a casual friend. That's a connected friend. That's a core friend. That's a close friend. Like I have the categories. And so I think it's, we just don't leave enough nuance of like, you can call someone a friend and it doesn't mean that they know every corner of your life. And that's okay. I'm going to read out loud to y'all just... Oh, this is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even tell if you're being sarcastic and I'm not going to investigate it further. <laughs> End scene. <laughs> y'all, this is what our Zooms are like. Just for the record, if you're like, is this what... Yes, this is how it goes. This is how it goes. It's just not on microphone. 
Don't you want to hear the rest of this conversation? There's another half hour left with Jamie, Bree, Kendra, and myself, where we talk about naked ambition, how it feels when people we know unfollow us on the internet, and someone shares a truly embarrassing story, and there might be more than one. To hear the rest of the conversation, go pre-order my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, in any format from any retailer. Take your order confirmation number to thelifecouncilbookbonuses.com, that's thelifecouncilbookbonuses.com, and you'll fill out the form there, and you'll get an email within 24 hours with all of your pre-order bonuses, including how to listen to The Secret Tapes right now. Remember, The Secret Tapes are only available to those who pre-order The Life Council. You will not have access to this private podcast series after the book releases. So go snag your copy now and claim your bonuses. You won't regret it. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.